Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I have some extremely exciting people with me here right now. Oh my God, they're making me laugh. They're not my guests for today's episode. That would be Jerry Hirsch of BecauseImAddicted.net, which has been a blog since 2005. She's amazing. And I'm going to talk more about her in a second. But I have sitting here with me two humans who have microphones on their lips because I told them to talk into the microphone very closely. And they go by the name of Jane and Byron Younger, aka my parents. And they happen to be here in Los Angeles. They're in my apartment for the first time in probably a year because they don't come here very often because they're not cat people or cat hair people. And my dad is silently dying as he sits on a chair that has been torn to shreds by Hudson. Yeah, not so silently. So I will have them say hello to you guys. I could not, not, not have them here and not snag them right onto the podcast. So, Daddy, would you introduce yourself? This girl is on fire. (laughs) So my dad is singing you guys an Alicia Keys song because my ebook, Soul on Fire, Makes him think of Alicia Keys' girl, This Girl is on Fire. And we were thinking, or really he was thinking, that that should be the intro to my podcast, right? That song? Yes, I think it would be very good. Will you come on to sing that every time then? Oh, absolutely. Oh, good. <laughs> well, that's that then. Why don't you tell them your name? My name is Byron Younger. I am the father of the Balanced Blonde. She takes after me because I am so balanced in my life. Oh, are you? (laughs) Are you a balanced person? Not really. Does that mean you're calm and you're zen and you don't get frustrated about anything ever? I'm A and a psycho all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you know that. I know, me too. I'm so pleased when someone knows how psychotic they are. Which is why I know I'm psychotic. I would never try to convince anyone otherwise. (laughs) I'm just crazy. But I think all the best people are crazy. Would you say so, Daddy? Yes. It's a crazy world. It is a crazy world. I mean, all the most brilliant people in the world have been crazy. Albert Einstein, Van Gogh. Anyone who's invented anything huge ever has been absolutely crazy. Sylvia Plath. If anybody listening knows who that is, you either went to Sacramento Country Day School (laughs) or you went to a really alternative liberal arts school and um, you know that she killed herself by putting her head inside of an oven while it was on. So there's that with Sylvia Plath. (laughs) I'm just saying, everybody who's really brilliant and has created like beautiful works of art is pretty crazy. So maybe you're meant to be an artist, Daddy. I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe. So, Mommy, introduce yourself. I'm Jane Younger, the Balanced Blonde Mama. And I must not be creative at all because I'm very sane and (laughs) and calm. So, there's not a creative bone in my body, I guess. (laughs) No, there is. My mom has a blog called Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans, which you can find also on Instagram at Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans, just spelled exactly how it sounds. And she's really creative. She's completely blown me away ever since she started her blog. 
just a couple months ago. I think you launched it in like October, November-ish. And her blog posts are so witty and hilarious and so well-written that I started to think this is where I got my writing from. Not to say that I'm very witty or hilarious. That's not really the way that I write. I write different type of stuff than you do but you're such a good writer it's hilarious it's crazy and it's you sounded like that um that thing that we do when you said oh thank you should we tell them that story will you be my friend (laughs) no (laughs) um everyone listening we well like i told you we're pretty crazy but we um what was that what was that I think it came from okay so musically if anybody has the app musically my nieces olivia and isabella who you can read all about in my latest blog post about my family which by the time you listen to this will be like a week ago they use the app musically and there was this little saying i guess yeah. well it's like a scene they take scenes from like tv shows and that must have been said somewhere and it was a little girl saying to someone else you're my best friend. And the other person says, oh, thank you. And then the girl says, am I yours? And the other girl says, no. And my whole family, all of us, became completely obsessed with making videos about about it on Musical.ly. And then we started doing it on Snapchat. And we started doing it on Snapchat with the, vil- the filters that change your voice. And then my dad, instead of saying... No, the way the girl does, say it the way you do. You're my best friend. Yeah! Okay, now you can see uh, why we thought it was so hilariously funny. It's literally the funniest thing that has ever happened in life. Hudson's terrified. Hudson's like, who the mother ass are these people? (laughs) These people are crazy. Um, And these are my parents, you guys. The best humans on earth. So while we have my parents here, I thought it would be fun for each of them to share a random fact about their daughter, me, um, because it's not every day that you have your parents around, the people who know you the absolute best in most ways, and I just thought it would be fun for you guys to share something totally random that people wouldn't know. A random fact about Jordan is that even though she calls herself the balanced blonde, and balance can sometimes mean, mean moderation. She really is such an extremist, especially when she's talking. And what I mean by this is it's either the very best day of her entire life or the very worst day of her entire life or the very best meal she's ever, ever eaten or the absolute worst meal she's ever, ever eaten. There is nothing in between. True. There you go. I won't deny that. Yeah. Daddy? Well, everybody probably doesn't know how crazy she really is and what a perfectionist she is. And if things aren't right or done right, she goes bat crazy. (laughs) Like what? Can you think of a specific instance? Oh, like when we're taking photographs and I'm up too close or I'm too far away and you look at it. That's not right. That's not how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. 
And if you guys follow any of our vacation Instagrams or Snapchats or anything, you know that my dad is my photographer when we travel. And I haven't told you this yet, but we have a lot of brands to shoot this weekend while you're here. (laughs) He's a really amazing photographer. It's like he discovered this talent of his at the age of 70. He looks so young. You guys would die. You have to look up pictures of him on my blog in my family blog post that I did. So I just had to have you guys on. You're the best. Say hello to our listeners, or rather, goodbye, because I am about to introduce today's guest. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye. It was nice meeting and talking to y'all. You guys can talk to my mom in the Soul on Fire Facebook group. If you're not a part of the Soul on Fire Facebook group, just search Soul on Fire Podcast Tribe on Facebook. We're getting close to a thousand people, and everybody is sharing their lives and themselves. They're making friends with each other. It's really a fun community. My mom hasn't introduced herself on there yet, like I asked her to, um, because her and I have been enjoying everyone's introduction. So you can talk to my mom. We'll make sure she introduces herself the day that this comes out, Um, because you guys should ask her questions about anything, fashion, motherhood, friendship. She's been married to my dad for... 32 years? Oh my god, 32 years. I'm so glad I knew that off the top of my head. (laughs) So we'll dive into now, now, um, today's guest, Jerry Hirsch. She's incredible. I've been wanting to have her on the podcast ever since I came up with the concept of the podcast because we became friends at a Eddie Bauer trip to Seattle a couple years ago. And I had actually been following her blog already, so I knew who she was. And mainly because, I mean, she's been blogging forever. She was an original blogger. And she has just incredible content that's shifted over the years from fashion to lifestyle to wellness. And she has really used her platform to do a lot of stuff. She's had full-blown companies. If you guys are familiar with Leaf TV, it's a company that she had. um, They have so many subscribers on YouTube They share recipes and DIY and all this incredible stuff. And she recently left Leaf TV, sold it, and is about to start, well, not about to, she did just start blogging full-time for the first time since having this blog for 12 years. So you guys have to check her out at becauseimaddicted.net. We talk about so many fun things in this podcast from her wellness routines to transcendental meditation, her marriage. She shared some really personal stuff that happened with her husband last year um, and talks about how they overcame trauma together by living a very wellness-focused lifestyle, and she really shares a lot in this episode. I think you guys are going to love it, and you're going to love her. So we're really excited to start. I'll dive into the episode now with Jerry, and thank you guys for listening, and I'm glad that you got to meet my parents. Talk to you soon. Mwah! Okay, guys, I'm here today with Jerry Hirsch of Because I'm Addicted, which has been a blog since 2004, if I'm correct, right? Since 2004, although I have taken down all the 
early content. You have, <laughs> but I've backstalked you to like at least 2009 or something because okay. I wanted to see what is yeah. blogging like back then. But before we get into that, because that's like such a topic that I cannot wait to talk about because I've told you this, but I feel like you've totally paved the way for the blogging industry. And I think it's fascinating as somebody who started a blog in 2013 and it's been four years and I feel like the industry has changed so much. I can't imagine your perspective. So I'm so excited to talk <laughs> about it. But you guys, Jerry is so awesome. We met on an Eddie Bauer trip to Seattle a couple years ago. Yeah, that was and so much fun. It was so you fun. You were just coming out with your book then. Yeah. Yeah, my book was just about to come out. And I was just so happy to meet her. She was one of the only other bloggers from LA. And we just connected. And we've been friends ever since. So I'm stoked to have her here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So why don't you just give the listeners just a little tidbit on like what you do and it's, you know, always changing and recently changed. I know your kind of your schedule and your focuses. So yeah, well, I started my blog in 2005 and I always have had a full-time job including raising capital for my own company, which I launched in 2009, Leaf TV. And we sold in the summer of August 2015. Mm-hmm. My art contracts were up. I, as of two weeks ago, I am no longer with Leaf. So for the first time ever, I'm officially a blogger. Oh I started blogging in 2005, but I've never been a blogger. It's pretty crazy. So yeah. I'm really excited. It turns out bloggers have a really fun job. Yeah. <laughs> as you know. We do. We do have a really fun job. We're so lucky. So lucky. And the the content that I cover has really evolved. I think, you know, in my early 20s when I started my blog, I was really interested in DIY and fashion. And then I got really interested in cooking. I went to culinary school. Then my explosion of love for wellness and clean beauty. And that's sort of where the blog is today, which is all really fun. Yeah, I know. You focus on so many different things on your blog, which I love because. I think if you just do one thing, it can get really stale really fast. Just personally, I don't Mm -hmm. think the readers always find it that way. They're excited if that's what they like to follow. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so nice to switch it up from fashion. You have, like, incredible style. I always love to see what you're wearing. But also, you're so knowledgeable on wellness and always, like, trying all the new things. I think... You might have been the person who told me about Panchakarma for the first time. Oh, really? And I, of course, you know, did it and like yeah. fell freakishly in love with Ayurveda and all that kind of stuff. So That's it's cool awesome. to see yeah, everything I think, you do. I think because blogging has always been a hobby, I've had the fortune of just writing about whatever it was that I was into at the time because there were stakes weren't that high. Like I was mm-hmm. still going to work. So I'm just sharing what I'm genuinely passionate about and interested in. And I've never felt. Like I needed to focus on one thing because it is just a, a passion project. Although now it is my job. So yeah, now it's hurt. your job. Yeah, now it's my job. It's pretty crazy. But, but you yeah. have had the luxury, like you said, of doing other things for so long mm-hmm. because I think when you dive into it as a job too soon, which I mean, like for you, it couldn't have been too soon. You have been doing right. it for a long time. But when people do dive in too soon, like I, you know, I sort of might have, like I, I can't tell for sure looking back but you have to take on a lot of projects that you're not always that excited about just because it is your full-time job you don't have other things to fall back on so right I I don't know when I started a blog there was no industry right so it's 
just like I have a very different perspective, like I'm fascinated by people who have started blogs in 2013 or 2009 recently because the barrier to entry is, is so low, but the competition is so high. Whereas when I started, the barrier to entry was like sort of high because it was unclear. Like, how do you even start a website or how do you even start a blog? It was really early in terms of like YouTube didn't exist yet. Google hadn't acquired them. Blogspot had recently launched. So it's so interesting to hear the perspective of someone who came into it much more recently but has had so much success like you. It, yeah, it's just a different ball game because I guess it's just one of those things where you just wander about the opposite side because mm-hmm. I always think about how cool it must have been to be a blogger back when you started mm-hmm. and to kind of like know who all the other bloggers were because yeah. there were only a handful. <laughs> there weren't that many of us, yeah. yeah. But now there's Vine stars and YouTube stars and Instagram stars and Snapchat stars. It's, yeah. It's exploded and it's been so much fun to watch and to be a part of and I really like had the opportunity to get into every single platform as they unfolded. I had a Tumblr when Tumblr right. first came out. So uh, even though I'm young, I feel like very old in this space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So when you started your blog and it was a fashion blog, right? To begin with? No. Well, that's the thing. Like in 2005, when you started a blog, there wasn't really this thing called fashion blogs yet. There were people that had blogs, but they they weren't really classified into these buckets like they are now. I didn't think anyone would ever read it. I didn't start it with the intention of, of garnering a readership or advertising interest. I treat, I was working as a, at my first full-time job, and I had a very serious job. I went to business school, and it's my first time going to an office every day, and it was soul-crushing. My soul was not on fire. I was, I was really struggling, and one of my girlfriends, who later went on to start what is, Glam Squad, Oh, which yeah. she's now sold, she sent me a link to this site called mynextexboyfriend.blogspot.com. I was like, what the hell is this? And I like click on it, and she's writing about all these crazy dating experiences that she had in New York while she was in law school. And I was fascinated by the fact that she was publishing content on the internet because I didn't even know how you would start a website in 2005. So I like, clicked on create blog, started created my blog, arbitrarily named it because I'm addicted. It wasn't like I really like hemmed and hawed and had an Excel doc of, of blog title names. I just started it. And I treated it almost like a Facebook feed, which Facebook feeds didn't exist yet. Facebook did, but it wasn't like you couldn't like post links to articles that you thought were funny. So I was just sharing my life as a 20-something in LA. And before I knew it, someone from Lucky Magazine emailed me and was like, hey, we all love your blog here. We'd love to feature in the magazine. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea people would read this. I immediately added some, it was called Sight Meter to get to see how many readers I had and where they were coming from. And I couldn't believe how many people were actually looking at this thing. So then I had to like really rethink what I was publishing on the internet. Oh my God, that's so crazy. Yeah. So then you were in Lucky Magazine. I was in Lucky Magazine. And then I started to just sort of think about how I wanted to approach the blog going forward. Because I would go out on the weekends with my friends and we would take all these like crazy pictures or we'd be on the Cobra Snake. I don't even know if you remember. Mm-mm. There's this like nightlife photographer who would go around and like take pictures of all these really fun parties. So I'd post them there. And then, I don't know, I was like, this maybe it could be something, but I, I never could have imagined that the industry would have exploded into what it is today and people would have books and clothing lines and all these things. So I just sort of 
tried to be a little more focused and ultimately the route early route was fashion yeah so other blogs that you read at the time was it the type of situation where like all the other bloggers were commenting on your blog and you were commenting on theirs yes. and it was like this community like it, was it is really now. community driven yeah but now I feel like it's a little less community oriented in a weird way I, I think a lot of these girls have all launched very serious businesses and instead of you know, continuing to harness this community, you don't see blog roles on the side of blogs anymore. That was a thing. Like, these are the people I read. These are the people I love. That doesn't really exist. On Instagram, it's very one-sided. Very rarely do I see someone do, like, a Friday follow, and these are the people I have to follow on Instagram. It's become very much all about me, 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 and it's a little unfortunate. I think YouTube does... There's a good community of girls that do collaborate, but ultimately a lot of these people are only collaborating to grow Mm -hmm. themselves. It's this weird world we're living in where everyone is so self-promotory, which I'm not great at, which is like kind of my downfall to the whole internet thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a downfall. I think people can tell, they can see authenticity from 10,000 miles away. So, but I think, you know, these people who are shameless, they really build these huge following yeah they do and I think there's there's some kind of balance to be found I think because I think there's a way to promote everything that you're working on and everything you're doing without necessarily being like a narcissistic self-promoter right and then there are people who are narcissistic self-promoters too and sometimes look don't get me wrong I I still respect some of these narcissistic right right they built something awesome yeah yeah but, but so have you. It just it, it's, it's all just different. It's a different yeah, like kind I don't of thing. have a million Instagram followers. I'll never be that person because I'm never going to be able to share as much as those people do. It's right. just it's not how I was created. Right. But that's so cool because what you created is different than that. And so you do have like your loyal long time, long time, yeah. 12 years. Readers. It's, it's like my bot mitzvah. It's my blog bot mitzvah. Oh my god, it is. You should have one. Oh that, my, that would be that's funny. Such a good if idea. If any sponsors are listening and wanna um <laughs> just yeah. kidding. Did you see how I tried to be shameless? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I can't even but do no, it I'll say it. it. But seriously, anybody listening, I think Jerry has to have a blog bot mitzvah. That would be next year. That's so exciting. It's actually a really funny idea. I know because a lot I mean, God, most people can't say that because my next question was gonna be. Those people whose blogs that you read back then when you guys were all supporting each other and it was a lot more community-oriented, do they still blog? A handful of the girls do, yeah. And, you know, it's been really fun to watch them grow. Tavi Gevinson, for example, she was – do you know who she is? She was really young when she started her blog. I think she was like 10 or 11. Oh, I do. And I she had this incredible – writing that people couldn't believe was coming out of this cute little body mm-hmm. and now she is an actress and she's on Broadway and I've loved following her journey and she launched another company called Rookie Magazine which I'm not really oh, sure I've heard of that. I'm not sure if it's still in existence I, I feel like it might be um Rumi Neely who started Fashion Toast now as a clothing line are you am I so yeah it's been fun to watch everyone's journeys yeah. Mr. Kate now has a huge YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, she does. She went to LMU you know, like I did. Oh, yeah? But I didn't She's know great. her in college, but it's just cool. She just had a million subscribers on YouTube. That's huge. Yeah, yeah she does all the, like, DIY home stuff. Yeah. yeah. OMG, we bought a house. Yeah, a that. Series. That's yeah. so cool. I know. It's, it's always interesting, I think, to think about, like, 
the contemporaries that you started with because there were a wave of people who started at the same time as I did and kind of see who's still doing it and who went on to use the platform to do something a little bit different. And I just find it so interesting. Like, who else is in your class, if you will? Yeah, in my wave of people were, like, Deliciously Ella. She's a food blogger in the U.K., and she has, I mean, she started a wellness cafe in London. So that's what she's doing. But she's also been, like, a best-selling cookbook author, and she really stuck to the food stuff. Um, And I started at the same time as a lot of healthy food bloggers because that was, like, that was the community that I was a part of before Mm -hmm. I shifted to so much more lifestyle. So it was her. It was, like, Hannah Bronfman, who's awesome. Um, Kayla Itzines started around the same time as me. She's obviously blown up. Gosh, so many people, like, a bunch of people who I was friends with in New York who – a lot of them don't blog anymore because a lot of it was very niche mm-hmm. vegan food blogging yeah. and a lot of them, including myself, stopped being vegan. So just kind of interesting. And then there was like a whole wave below me and and that and yeah. they, they're doing so well too. It's just, it's crazy to watch. But um, as far as like how your content has shifted and you started using it kind of like a Facebook, but how Facebook used to be. How has it shifted now? Do you have, like, a strict editorial calendar, or do you really just think today is about wellness, or today is going to be an outfit post? I used to curate a lot of what I was sharing, and now I create 100% original content, and I take it a lot more seriously. I think I had to because I was working full time and I, it was really overwhelming at this day of to think about what I was going to post. I wouldn't have time to do the photos about a year ago, a year and a half ago is when I really sort of shifted my content. So now I have an editorial calendar. Everything is planned out. Like right now I'm planned out until the middle of May and yeah, but now that I'm blogging full time, it's evolving a little bit. It was yeah. an original piece of content every single day, and now I'm doing I have a wellness challenge every Monday, which I people bet. love. But there's a couple, I've gotten a couple emails from people saying me they telling me they didn't love our wellness challenges. So I'm adding a second piece of content that day if they're not into that. So then they still get you know a good yeah. little bite. Well, of content every day is. That's a lot. That's a huge commitment. And I actually remember being in Seattle when we met and saying, telling you I have to go write a couple blog posts because I'm definitely posting while we're here. And you were like, oh, yeah, my my site posts three times a day. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, I post every day. And I thought that was a ton. And I don't post every day anymore on my blog. You don't? Because, no, because with the podcast and with different elements of teaching yoga and kind of trying to weave in – Right. A lot more. I will use Instagram as like a blog post sometimes. Right. Well, the other thing is behavior has really changed. So before people will go to blogs every single day because there was no Instagram or YouTube will eventually launch. But now people are spending their time in Instagram, in Snapchat, on Facebook. So it's just different. That's where people consume content now. Yeah, it's changed so much. So maybe you should share with our listeners why your content shifted a year and a half ago you alluded to it and I think you have such a story to tell here that's going to inspire a lot of people so go ahead and share with us (laughs) my husband who at the time was 38 super healthy guy vegetarian for 10 years 
ran every single day. He went on his usual morning run and he, his heart stopped and he collapsed and was found not breathing and without a pulse. He was resuscitated by a sheriff, Sheriff Leopardo Trujillo, who is my ultimate hero. And then backup arrived and they shocked his heart multiple times. They got his heart beating on his own. He went, they took him immediately to the hospital. He had a heart surgery. Um, they found a 95% blockage in the main artery. And then he was in a coma for several days. And so when he, he ended up surviving and he's, it's truly a miracle that he doesn't have any brain injury um, and that he happened to be found when, when he was. But with that, when I, you know, sort of came out of the clouds after that whole experience, I, I needed to only work on things that were really meaningful and I wanted to be spending my time differently. You don't really get a second shot at life without really examining everything around you. And given that that was my husband and that I was part of that sort of re-examine philosophy, life philosophy. Um, and so, yeah, that's sort of when I pivoted all of my content to really mean a lot more to me as opposed to just being fluffy, fun, fashion, lifestyle content, which there still is, but it was a, it was a good change. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense that a huge life event would shift what you focus on in your personal life. And then also, of course, on your blog, which is how I always feel about blogs is that they reflect so much of what's going on in our lives, whether or not people realize that who are reading or if they just think it's just kind of shifting with the wind. It always has a reason. And I think it's really cool that we have this job that can shift along with like what we learn and what we go through. And um, one of the things that's been really rewarding is I shared the story and I shared a lot of the stuff that we learned along the way. Like, for example, when, when he was found, they didn't know who he was for, you know, 45 minutes in the hospital. He had his phone on him, but he didn't have his medical ID set up in his phone. So he was a John Doe until literally his phone rang and a social worker asked the caller on the other line to identify him. So sharing with everyone about medical ID, this sharing the heart attack, I've had four different readers or people follow me on Snapchat share with me that it has saved the life of somebody in their lives, whether that's going and having a CT angiogram or going and having a stress test and then finding a blockage. One girl's dad actually had a heart attack and having recently read my post, she knew exactly what to do in that moment and her dad ended up surviving and like now we're in touch. So it's, it's been really rewarding being able to, to have that impact on people's lives, which we all do. I'm sure you know, you've really inspired a lot of people with breaking vegan and things like that. Yeah, that's amazing that people have reached out to you and told you that you have impacted people that they love. And that's what's so cool about being so vulnerable and sharing stories like that, which I'm sure you probably had a moment of wondering whether or not you wanted to share that or were you very I clear? I did I, You know, I wanted to share the story because if it could happen – to Darren, who is, all of his friends were shocked. He is the healthiest guy. We live a very specific, clean wellness lifestyle. And if it could happen to him, it could happen to anybody. And things like stress play a big role in that. And I want as large of a megaphone as possible to let people know that, like, 
it's, it's actually pretty common that men and women in their late 30s literally drop dead of heart attacks all the time. So the number one cause of death for men and women in the U.S. is heart disease. Um, and I feel like it's not really something that people talk about. I know for me, I'm in my 30s and I never had my heart looked at ever until this happened. But I go to an OBGYN every year. I go to the dermatologist every year. But for whatever reason, we kind of ignore one of the most important organs in our body. So if I'm able to raise awareness, I'm, I'm happy to do that without any hesitation. That's so cool that you've been able to use your platform to do that. And also, I'm sure it's been therapeutic for you to write about it and to share about it and know that you're not alone because beyond the four people who you've, you know you've saved lives, probably hundreds of people have reached out telling you that they've been in a similar position so that it's kind of just like this support group. That- yeah. Yeah. And then you know, I had terrible PTSD. So I started doing transcendental meditation. So I share that with people and if they're inspired to start meditating and that helps their lives, whatever it is, like all the different types of wellness content that I'm sharing, if that impacts one person positively, like that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it definitely, I love your wellness content. I look Thank forward you. to those Mondays on your blog. <laughs> I always learn so much. So I would love to hear like, some of those wellness hacks that you've incorporated into your life since what happened with Darren. And I know you had a lot of stress and PTSD and developed some imbalances because stress is horrible for our bodies. So what have you learned? What has helped for you? First, I think I'm kind of jumping ahead because I know what what you've been through because of stress. So before we talk about what has helped I guess just kind of sharing what some of your hormone imbalances have been due to the stress of everything that happened. Yeah. So when you go through severe trauma, like what I went through, you oftentimes like it impacts your immune system. And for me, I developed an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's, which is actually fairly common. It's not like that crazy of of an autoimmune disease to have gotten but essentially my body stopped producing thyroid my immune system was attacking attacking my thyroid gland and I thought for like you know three months after the heart attack I was so exhausted and I just chalked it up to oh well we've been going through a lot emotionally and like it just it's taking its toll on me and it wasn't getting better it wasn't getting better I literally had to peel myself out of bed I you know I'm pretty active I work out all the time I would go to workouts and it was so hard to get through the workout I was just completely exhausted. So I went to my doctor. It was one of the most important things that I think was a takeaway from Darren, even though he already did this. But one of the things I like to tell everybody is to always listen to your body. So listening to my body, I immediately went to my doctor and said, I need a full blood panel. We need to figure out what's going on. There's something wrong. And it turns out that I had really, uh, my thyroid stimulating hormone was completely off. It was like out of the charts bad, which is a sign of Hashimoto. So I started taking Synthroid and then I made small changes like gluten is made of, of the same antibodies as the antibodies that attack your thyroid gland. So I'm not, I'm not gluten free. I think that's really hard, but I'm gluten light. I started eating a few Brazil nuts a day, which have selenium. I don't eat things like broccoli and cauliflower. Again, they have similar antibodies to what is attacking my thyroid gland. So there's lots of like little things and then just overall focusing on 
embracing downtime, meaning I think we're all so busy. Like I'm like last night I'm watching the Louis C.K. special on Netflix and I force myself not to scroll through Instagram, even if there's that moment where I'm getting bored, focusing on one task when I'm taking a bath, not being on the phone, finding ways to relieve any additional extra stress that we don't need. Because now more than ever, we're just not focused and we're not present. And those are all things I really work hard on. Yeah, that's huge. One task at a time. It's like unheard of to people like us who are doing a lot of things and everybody because of social media and technology and just life now. It's so glorified to be moving at such a fast pace, but it's not good for our health. And I could definitely take a page out of your book with the one thing at a time. That's why I love podcasting because you can't do anything but have the conversation. And it's like the types of conversations that we should always be having without Mm -hmm. looking at our phones and without worrying too much about like letting our minds wander. Yeah. So I'm really interested about how your wellness journey has really taken on this whole new form ever since you started reducing your stress and also probably felt a whole new lease on life after seeing what happened with Darren. And I know that you said you've gotten into meditation, which I love yeah. and I'm trying. Yeah, yeah well, I should be doing it twice a day, but I'm well, so let's hear about it. I don't know if everyone listening knows about transcendental meditation. So TM is a specific type of meditation that's mantra focused, um, and you're supposed to do it recommended that you do it twice a day so right when you wake up the first thing I do and Darren and I do it together he started meditating for the heart attack which was really fun we sit up and we meditate 30 seconds you have to sort of get into like your zone then for 20 minutes straight you meditate and then you have two minutes to come out of it which in those two minutes I usually like cuddle up to him and, and then you should ideally get in the second meditation of the day but it's hard for me yeah. so you shared about that on your blog yeah, yeah. Okay, And cool. I share, like, all types of other yeah. meditations because TM's not for everybody. And, you know, there's a lot of free meditation. There's lots of apps for sure. and headspace and yeah, that's all like awesome. Den and lots of other ways you can do Yeah, it. I was going to say, you guys should, if you are interested in learning more, head to her blog because I'm addicted.net. .net. Yeah, I know the .net. <laughs> and uh, search Transcendental Meditation, something I would definitely like to learn more about. And I've been into kundalini lately and like some energy work some reiki and i love all there's like a whole other world of spirituality and being in touch with ourselves and just kind of like surrendering to the universe that Mm -hmm. i think we get really caught up in daily life and we don't do a lot of that so that's cool yeah that was my impetus towards getting into all this really like i said my 20s grinding my ass off you know I had my blog and I always had a full-time job and then I was trying to raise capital for leaf and I was running 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 going 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 and I in my mind I was like was healthy and I worked out but I was kind of lying to myself like I really was running myself right into the ground I got really 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 sick just like a flu like a bad virus that wouldn't go away and I went to the doctor and I knew I felt terrible you know, they do your blood pressure and they get on the scale and I get on the scale and I had like gained a bunch of weight because, you know, out every night, like drinks at blogger events and dinners and this and that, which was great. But like, that's what my twenties were. And I looked at the scale. I knew I felt terrible. I knew I gained all this weight and I was like, oh my God, like I need to start focusing myself in a very different way. And that was like 
the wake up call. It's like, I'm lying to myself. I, it's my jeans aren't fitting because I'm getting my period or because I just soul cycle and like my quads are fit. Like I'm, I'm not taking the best care of myself. That's when I started like really focusing on like clean eating. I did the clean program, which like kind of got me into clean beauty and all of those different things. And then heart attack on me into mindfulness. And it's just, it's a great journey. Like I recently tried Reiki, Reiki just like you. Yeah. That's so fun. And now more than ever, there's just so much fun information. Like, yeah goop and all these other bloggers I'm learning from you and things to try so it's, it's really fun yeah it is really fun so you, I remember when you did the clean program I actually did it after I read about it on your blog because you did it before your wedding mm-hmm. and I just and you had great results great results so do you still have you have you done it since then I have not done it again because it's not recommended that you do it if you're interested in getting pregnant or oh I see yeah so for me I haven't done it again but I definitely will yeah and and I'm not pregnant yeah (laughs) one day one day soon which is really exciting um when the perfect time comes yeah which I love um did you like the clean program I liked it a lot I love those shakes I love the way they taste I really like the supplements I, that's when I learned I was having a lot of hormone imbalances because I did the clean program. I read about it on your blog and then Kelly Levesque, my friend slash nutritionist, recommended that I do it because I was kind of dealing with some weight gain after not being vegan anymore and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was going on. Did the clean bro- program, 30 days, super diligently. Oh, I 30 days? Yeah. I get like I all did 21, in. Which I oh, maybe. Oh, sorry. Was it 21? Is that what's standard? 21 is... Oh, okay. I did the standard. So I did the 21 days. And when it ended, I was exactly the same as when I started in every single way. So weight, skin, my skin was a little inflamed and acne and all that kind of stuff. So Kelly, my nutritionist, said, you have to go see a functional medicine doctor. You shouldn't be able to do that type of clean program and have nothing change. So probably you have something wrong with your hormones. So that scared me. So I went to a functional medicine doctor who I still see to this day. His name's Dr. Lekos. He'll be on this podcast when he has a little bit of time. He's <laughs> hilarious, but he'll, he'll be on soon. And we did a blood panel. Um, we did everything. We did saliva test, stool test, everything. Got all these all-encompassing results. Learned that I was super out of whack with cortisol, estrogen, progesterone, everything, tons of food intolerances that I didn't know about. I knew about other food intolerances, so it was it's kind of a lot to take in. And then it took that's me so great. I mean, having oh my God, yes. in your health is the biggest step towards feeling your best. Yeah. And it took me two years to get back into balance with all of that. So oh, wow. I would just say for everybody listening, it's a journey when you have those hormone imbalances or especially if you've been really restrictive like I was, which kind of like led me to that point. That's why everything got so crazy. I feel way better now. How did but you repair that? What did you have to do? I took um, 12 different natural supplements every day, twice a day like six or seven months until I felt like one day I just didn't want to anymore and I think that was my body telling me that was enough um I did that panchakarma an Ayurvedic lifestyle detox where I was away from 
the world for seven days. Oh, that sounds like a dream. Yeah, no (laughs) communication. I didn't even talk to my family. I've, like, never done anything like that and had just treatments every day and ate a really specific kitchery diet for the week leading up to it, the week during, and the week after. And after that, like, my whole body kind of just settled. Like, my cortisol lowered. And I didn't want to do high-intensity exercise anymore. Yeah. So I kind of stopped, and I finally reincorporated some high-intensity because a couple times a week is great to get your heart rate up. But I was doing it every day. Right. So for me, I got, like, really into yoga and uh, kind of re-into yoga because I was before. But the cortisol is real. Yeah. I, did a, I, I was doing some blood paneling on my own, and – there was a spike of cortisol and the doctor was like, well, what, what do you think this is from? And I was like, oh, I've actually been working out a lot harder. So he's like, oh, that's definitely what it's from. Like that's, it really does affect you. It affects you a lot. And my body was not responding well to that. I know other people who thrive off of high intensity exercise. Mm-hmm. It tones them. They get lean. I need to like calm down. That's what I have. That's like yeah. my daily work, which is why meditation, things like that. People are shocked to hear that I lost like 10 to 15 pounds by stopping all the high intensity stuff and also just like I believe it between holding on to water weight and muscle yeah I mean if you think about where people live the longest in the world like Sardinia Italy for example it's a really simple approach to life they're eating clean food that's fresh and grown right there and they're walking a lot they're not mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not going to a room that's 100 degrees and doing burpees. <laughs> right. You're one. You're 100% right. So I feel so much better, and I'm so glad that you feel so much better. And I know something that we both are into, clean beauty, yes. is such a trending topic right now. And I have a lot to learn with clean beauty, but I got cupping done a couple weeks ago, and it was pretty clear that I had a lot of toxic buildup near where my lymph nodes are for um, deodorant. So I switched over to natural. I've been trying a bunch of different things. What are you you using? So right now I'm using Primally Pure. I love that brand. Oh, I saw that you wanted to do it, and then a bunch of people said, yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, I know. I've been trying a bunch. I tried Schmitz, which I really liked. I tried um, La Vanilla, which is great. What what do you use? The truth is I don't think that there is – an amazing clean deodorant. I hate to break the news to everybody, but there's nothing better than not having breast cancer or toxins in your body, in my opinion. So I sometimes just own my own body odor, which is sort of gross. But if I'm going to work out, I use either uh, Herba Viva, which is organic, and or um, No Tox Life. Oh, yeah. Flavor. I did. What flavor? Cello. Oh, okay, it's cool. Like, it smells like sandalwood. That sounds good. At Leaf, we did a monthly subscription box. We sold um, monthly subscription boxes all around wellness, and we put that in our clean beauty box, and then people just like, oh yeah. It. So I received that. Yeah, somewhere. I need to yeah, find probably, the deodorant. Like, um, yeah, <laughs> interesting. I'm with you on how like even the ones that work don't work the same as what you're used to and I know that there's like a detox period where I really did feel like I smelled a lot because like 
you, I was just so used to having aluminum based deodorant. Right. And now I feel like it's balanced back out. But in a way, you kind of do have to just own it. Like, yeah. you don't, I don't know. And it's what just, you put in your body. And you're like, this is so gross. You're like, ew, what is she talking about? But I actually feel like your body odor is really informational. And if you are in touch with your body and the way that you smell, like, if I'm getting sick, I can smell it on myself. You know, it's just. Yes. So there is some good information if you're using clean deodorant that's not totally masking what you want. Yeah. No, totally. Or, like, if you've eaten something that really doesn't work with your system, your body's going to want to, like, get that out. Yeah. Yeah. I think the three most important things that people change in terms of clean beauty are deodorant, soap, because you're putting it all over your body every single day, and ditching the lotion, the number one, two, or three ingredient in most lotions is petroleum, and you can never throw petroleum all over your body in your right mind, but because it's all on our counters, we use it. Mm -hmm. Um, When we did our clean beauty box, we spent a lot of time, like, researching clean beauty and discovered that there hasn't been an update to the clean beauty regulations since before World War II. So there's so many terrible chemicals that are going unregulated, packed in all of our beauty products that we all trust are safe because we live in America and you would think if it's on the shelf, it's safe for me to use. But it turns out it's not. So your deodorant, your body soap, and then your lotion, which should be replaced by a body oil or a body butter. Or if you can find an organic lotion, that's great. The reason it's hard to find is because... They, most of them need a preservative because of water, and the water molecule can create mold. So it's very hard to find a good organic lotion. So what do you use? Body oil? I use body oils and body butters. And I'm not going to lie, like, they it's not the same. I, I love my Cetaphil. Like, I would buy those big tubs and slather it all over myself after the shower. But I genuinely do feel different without having all the, the to- those toxins in my body. Your skin is your largest organ think about it like well you're putting all over your pores it's going right into your bloodstream yeah so how do you feel different I don't know I just I feel different I feel like I have more energy between eating super clean and paying attention to my digestion and not using chemicals around me and on me meaning like my cleaning products and my beauty products I still don't get me wrong like I'm not 100% clean beauty I think it's 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 an evolution and I'm trying to find the best but like I still use certain cream that's not clean and my face wash isn't a clean brand but I'm trying to find the best but it does you do feel different yeah well I think it's kind of like with everything you have to find what works for you so that you can still like enjoy everything about beauty that you've always loved and then start to incorporate and it'll keep progressing and getting better and better and Hopefully, yeah. eventually we can fully switch over and everything will really work and feel great. Yeah. And it's cool to hear that you have more energy. I with- do. Well, if you think about it, if you're shoving toxins in your body, like you're not going to feel great. It's no. Like after you drink, you get a Yeah. It's not really that different of an idea. It is really fun. And some of the clean products I actually love more, like the RMS highlighter, for example. I think it's the best highlighter on the market, and I, like, I love a good highlight. So I tried tried all of them so it's also it's if, if you do love beauty and you want to like keep going down the beauty road I think it's a really fun way to start discovering new products yeah I have to look into some I'll have to get a list from you because 
I well, as you can see, like literally don't wear makeup, but when That's I do, the thing. well, you're a dream boat because <laughs> you're so beautiful without oh, it. Oh, thank you. Well, so are you. I'm just not into makeup. Is the thing. If I could find some makeup that I really liked, it would probably be different. But who knows? We'll see. So, continuing the wellness conversation, what is like a day in the life of? what you eat because I know that you eat really well and um, probably now more than ever after everything that's happened with your husband you guys probably really enjoy like cooking healthy meals together so what do you what's a day in the life of your food well I actually just finished a two-month experiment where I only ate one food oh that's an Ayurvedic thing yeah. among other things yeah which was Great, and I felt really good, but it's not sustainable for me to, to do this, yeah. especially with spring, and now it's you know, getting warm. And Were you ah. doing it for digestion, or? Um, I had a miscarriage, and I just was feeling really not great, and I wanted to nurture my body every way that I could, and that was one of the things that a naturopath and a nutritionist both recommended that I do and I did it and I felt really good it was just it's the idea is your body has to work harder when the food is cold so it requires more energy to digest all of your food and you absorb nutrients differently when it's warm and there's there's all sorts of benefits we can read about all sorts of Ayurvedic practices and, and Chinese medicine they believe in eating warm in different ways. It's not just warm in terms of the temperature, but also there's warm foods and food groups. Um, but generally, I try to eat really clean, and for me that means I don't really eat anything that's processed. I mean, there is, of course, like the occasional road trip that you yeah. do, but I don't feel good when I eat anything processed. I grow a lot. I don't have like a huge yard or anything like that. I live in Hollywood, and I grow everything in planter boxes, but I grow a lot of my own fruits and vegetables. And if it's not from my garden, I pretty much shop the perimeter of the grocery store because that's where all the fresh stuff is. And I think if you kind of just buy fresh food and fill your body with fresh, clean, ideally organic stuff, there's lots of pesticides if it's not organic and all types of crazy things that they're allowed to spray on our food that really impact the way you feel. Yeah, so pretty much clean. And with moderation. Like, I eat the dessert. I eat the pizza. Like, I, I think when you limit yourself and you have too many boundaries is when you kind of can go a little crazy. Yeah, I agree with that. I think everything in moderation and yeah, non-GMO, organic, all that is good to stick to, but having too many restrictions just kind of can be tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And also just the other thing that I kind of changed recently I love a good smoothie. I'm, you know, smoothies every morning. I went through a phase last year. Where it was like my Amanda Chantel bacon phase where I would put ashwagandha and pearl and hoshiwu and tokos and all of these like quote unquote superfoods and powder form into my smoothies. It was a big trend and I was just like, oh, great. Like I want all those benefits. I've cut all that back because I realized I think it was too much for my body to process and it really wasn't making me feel great. And it just sort of taught me a lot about not following every single 
along this trend. I think there's so much information out there and you have to really, when you try something, listen to your body and really understand whether or not it's those benefits or things that you're getting. Yeah, that is such a good point and such a good takeaway because it is very trendy to have all of those herbs and everything right now. The herbs, the superfoods, putting 150 things into your smoothie (laughs) or your morning tonic. And I mean, I'm all about it too. I talk about like the ashwagandha and the reishi and I think all of those things have their place and their purpose. But to fill one drink with 10 of those is kind of a lot for sensitive systems to handle. Maybe it works great for other people, but I had a similar experience where I would have this drink that was just full of like all the herbs and all of the natural flavors and I would feel horrible actually. Yeah. And there's actually on the back of some of those packages, like if you buy maca, for example, the one that I recently bought from Whole Foods on the back of it, there's a warning that it can cause birth defects and not to take it if you're pregnant. I saw that. Yeah. And it just, if that's strong enough to potentially cause a birth defect, it's strong enough to be impacting us to maybe not feel great if we're not getting the right benefits. So I don't know. I've been focused on stripping back from some of the crazy wellness stuff that I was into. Yeah. Even just a few months ago. I love hearing that from you because something that people listening might not know because we didn't really talk that much about it is that you had your wellness experiment show and you did your wellness boxes and that was really a huge part of what you were doing for a while. Yeah. So you've tried a lot of stuff. So. I've tried a lot of stuff, which is so fun. I'm yeah. always down to try it. Oh, it's always, fun. Always. Cryo, bee steams, floating. I mean, you if you ever want to do anything crazy and wellness, things. I'm your girl. I will always yes. go do any of it. But you have to really understand what benefits you and whatnot. Like I did the V-Steam sort of shortly after I had lost my period because I started taking Synthroid because of the thyroid issue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you will lose your period. And obviously I was like very stressed that I've never lost my period in my life. And it, the idea of having to find, figure out how to get that back was just like such a big idea to me. I was like, how does this, where are we even begin? I called my OB on the way to film that episode to schedule an appointment. I and mean, then we did the V-steam and one of the alleged benefits is hormone balance. Yeah. And I got my period two days later. So that's I don't know crazy. if that's real, if it was a coincidence or what, but it's fun trying all these things because you do discover like maybe that actually really did work Yeah, for me. maybe it did. You, you should maybe try that. If you yeah. Have hormone. Oh yeah, I should try that. That's so interesting. That's kind of like when I lost my period after being vegan and then I started reintroducing some eggs and some fish. And I got my period back two days later oh, wow. also after having salmon, after not having had it for like six or Your seven body months. just needed. Yeah. But other people have told me that's impossible for that to have been the reason. But I kind of know like what my body was going through and the fact that I had only had vegetables for so long and then I had that. I don't think it was ludicrous that it happened in two no, days. It I was like that. that was my body telling me, yes, give us more nutrients, more balance, yeah. more more variety. Right. So. I mean, if you think about evolution, people have been eating meat and fish, you know, for, depending on where, obviously, your family's from, but for, uh, for generations. Exactly. Yeah. It's part, it's part of it all, for yeah. sure. Um, so, also, 
beyond food, what does your fitness routine look like now, now that you oh, have this? Well, I have a torn meniscus. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really bumming out and not really working out that much, which is extremely hard for me to do. But I'm trying to listen to my body and be patient. Is there anything you can do still? Yeah. Well, I, I am working out. I, well, I'm going to physical therapy and working out the trainer, and we do sort of like abs and arms, but I love a good sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of on workout hold. But prior Before to that, that, I love a good high-intensity workout. I love a spin class. I'll go to Pilates. I, you know, do circuit training, swim. I love hiking. I mean, pretty much all of it. I hate to break it, but I really am not a yogi, though. A lot of people aren't. It's just it's not for everybody, and that's yeah. kind of – that's an important thing I like to tell people because some people feel so guilty about it. Like if there's anybody listening who doesn't like yoga, it's really not for everybody. Just like I don't like spinning. It's just – or – I want to be a yoga. But you I've tried. Just, I like did my hot yoga phase. I'm not that flexible. I don't really think it made it a lot for my body. Yeah. And, Maybe now that I meditate, I would be able to be a little more present, but I felt like my mind would race, and I would just sort of be like, when is this class over? Well, with yoga, you have to find the teacher that you really resonate with, and you also have to find the studio that you really resonate with, because even being like a diehard yogi, and I have been since I was like 14, sometimes I'll go to a studio or a teacher, and this happens all the time, because I'm always trying to try new places that I really don't like and it sucks and the whole time I'm in my head and I try to draw on all the yogic principles that I've learned and like be in the room and enjoy it for what it is but sometimes you can't and you can't be expected to like every style every teacher some teachers talk the whole time some people some teachers are silent other than the pose some people blast fun music some people play no music sometimes it's kundalini music and so I think sometimes people try yoga a handful of times and they try like all the things that they didn't like and I do think there's something for everybody when it comes to yoga but you have to start what do you recommend what's the best class in LA when your meniscus heals you should try technically do yoga when you have a knee issue right yeah you would just have to modify certain things which is totally doable so since you like sweat and fun and high intensity and given all the other places that you've just named I think you would like Y7 I've been there did you like it yeah I did I did I just what I didn't you twice like and I, haven't been, I don't know I just it didn't it didn't draw me back it didn't draw in. you in um you might like I liked that it was to rap music. I think now that the new Drake album dropped, I should give it a Yeah, shot. that would be fun. <laughs> you might like Core Power. You might like Yoga Works. See, okay, Yoga Works is awesome because there's, like, so many different styles. You would just – I'll give you the list of teachers that I think you would like who are really fun there and who teach a really good class. Okay. But because there are so many styles there, it's easy to, like, get a class that you don't like right. at Yoga Works too. And there's a place in Silver Lake called The Raven – that I went to like last month, two months ago, I fell in love with it. Because that's that's the vibe of the studio that like, there's not a lot of it in LA, but it's such good vibes. It's almost like going to India and doing yoga with, but like with fun kind of newer elements to it. But it's a gorgeous studio. There's a focus on meditation and alignment, but like there is music and 
I would say let's go together, but I think we would need different. Oh no, we class. should totally. <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna be in beginner one, and you're gonna be in expert twenty. Or we whatever. can we can go to all levels, <laughs> okay. and I teach all levels. So oh, you when do? you're oh, yeah, nice. when you're healed, you yeah, maybe can, I should come to your. Class. Yeah, come to my class definitely. I teach at all all walking distance from here, yeah, cool. which is really fun. So we're coming up on our hour. So two questions, two final questions, because I see them both here and I want to know them both from you. So you recently decided to dive in as a full-time blogger. Was there a catalyst that made you decide to do that or was it just time? It, well, so Aaron and I, the co-founder of Leaf, it was time for us to say goodbye. We spent a decade building the company and we sold the company and and it was time. And you know, a lot of people are like, what are you going to do next? Are you going to start another company? What do you, you know, lots of questions. And I, my answer is like, I just want to be happy. I don't, I don't want the stress of launching another company right now. I want to just take a pause. I've been working so hard for so long and I am working really hard on the blog and doing lots of brand partnerships and, you know, trying to grow that. But the ego of needing to have another successful company just isn't really there for me. I think if the right idea came along and I felt really passionate, I would pursue something. But right now, I'm just going to enjoy being a blogger. <laughs> I love that. You're going to love doing it full time. I'm so excited to see what happens with you. your blog now that it's getting all of your energy, which I can't believe that it wasn't for, to be honest, because all those everyday posts and everything you do, I don't know how you did all of that. It was a, I, I love doing it. I genuinely, yeah. like I wasn't doing, I didn't start a blog to have a business and have a million followers. I've right. always been doing it because I just love to do it. So, that makes sense. Yeah. I want to continue to love it and not yeah. make it exactly a job. Cause I think you will. I think you've been doing it for so long. You know, like what to do to keep loving it instead of a lot of the mistakes that others, myself included, have made to not love it as much at times because it was still new and I was still kind of figuring it out. But you've been doing it for so long. I, I kind of am like, do I want to start another YouTube channel? Like, yeah. Had, I, that feels so daunting now. I'm like, it, oh my God. I used to have a YouTube channel of 200,000 subs and now I'm going to be at zero. <laughs> what happened building. to that YouTube channel? Oh, well, it, it's Leafs. I, oh, I spent the last yeah, yeah, yeah. Up a right, right. But you're so knowledgeable about the space, and you're not starting from scratch because you already have your blog. Right. So that's how I felt with right. like this podcast, for example, in my even, YouTube. Like, I'm so impressed that you have this setup and like you have the microphones and you figure out how to do it. With you believe I paid people to shoot our content, to edit our content. We were making 50 videos a month. So now I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to edit. It's sort of like I'm starting over. Yeah. And it's, it, it's kind of ironic. I know, it is. <laughs> and it's fun to start over. Like, it was very fun to learn how to do this podcasting stuff, and even though it was, like, probably one of the hardest things I've ever learned how to do because I'm not techie like that. But I think you would have so much fun learning how to edit and just, like, simple videos for YouTube. Nothing like – I mean, everybody listening, you guys will have to check out what she's talking about with Leaf TV's YouTube because the videos are awesome and so professional and lots of recipes and all that. But for you, it could just be so simple. It could yeah, be I kind want to go a different – yeah, I kind of want it to be, like yeah. – scrappy and real you know for so long there was no talking in our videos until we did the reality show and you lose a huge human element obviously 
Yeah. So I you know, I want to connect do... with people in a different way, maybe, but I'm like, oh, I've so much to yeah, learn. Yeah, it's a lot to learn. It's a huge undertaking, but you can, you We're can do it. We're a mitzvah blogger. Yes. I've got a lot to learn. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, to celebrate the bat mitzvah, maybe oh, you maybe launch maybe my YouTube big. channel yeah. launch. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to stay tuned and watch what she gets up to next. Um, the final question. So this podcast is all about setting our souls on fire giving realistic tips to everyone who listens on kind of how to get to that point of doing something that they love full time. And I think you're probably the perfect person to ask because you've set your soul on fire with different things. And now after blogging for all this time, you're, you're, you're doing it full time and you're probably going to start some new stuff, whatever, whether it be YouTube or whether it be other things. So what do you think, what drives you to, set your soul on fire what drives me to set my soul on fire I don't know I've always been a self-starter I I didn't have the easiest childhood and it was sort of up to me as to whether or not I was gonna sink or flourish there was only one path for me in my mind there was no other way I I think if you are a self if you're not a self-starter it's a little bit more challenging um but as a self-starter I just I don't know how, I don't know how to share with other people, like, if you have something intrinsic, like, I've always just been a really hard worker, and I've always been really focused, and I think it's because I never had anything handed to me, which is a blessing. It is an intrinsic quality, and I think everybody has it, they just have to find a way to tap into it, and some people have it a lot more than others, and you clearly do, because you've done so much. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to do anything for you, and... I've always been someone who sort of manifested my life. If there's something that you know that you want, if you focus on it and work towards it, you're going to get there. But when you lose that focus is sort of when you you get off task. Yeah. Like, like Leaf was a dream for me in college. And I pursued it heavily and I never gave up. And now we've sold a company and now I'm leaving it. And people are like, isn't it bittersweet? And I'm like you know what, it's actually mostly sweet because I had this dream and I pursued it and it unfolded and I got to live that. Like, that's pretty awesome. I think being able to get to that point where you can say that for yourself, there's nothing more rewarding and there's nothing better than doing it for yourself. And as you get tastes of that, it becomes addicting. You want to keep going and work harder and strive harder. And I think that's one of the things that works so well about social media and why people are so so consistent with people who are trying to blog now is because you can see the growth so clearly like through numbers yeah but it's the the qualitative stuff the the feel not the numbers but like the feeling that you get for your own self when you do accomplish things that I think for me ultimately is is the driver yeah I love that that makes a lot of sense to me and it's clear with everything that you do because there is so much passion put into it and your blog was a project of passion solely for so long that it's very clear that you loved what you were doing or else you wouldn't have kept it up. So that's really exciting. And I want everyone listening to check out your blog. So tell them all the places where they can find you. You can check out the blog at becauseimaddicted.net if you own the .com and you're listening. <laughs> please give it up um, and then on all social media I'm at Jerry Hirsch G-E-R-I-H-I-R-S-C-H and your Because I'm Addicted has an Instagram right or do you not really use that I don't really use it Maybe yeah now I can 
start. It hasn't been updated since I basically launched it while it's content. It's mostly fashion. Yeah, that's cool. I like I like that mostly though your Instagram is just your name because that's what it is. It's your life. Everything from wellness to fashion to your wedding was all on your blog. I mean everything. Yeah, it's it's just an extension of us. Yeah, it all is. Of our outlets now. Yeah, it's so fun. Well, thank you for being here. This, so was so this was so fun. You're amazing. And I can't wait for all of you guys to keep learning about Jerry by checking out her stuff. And I know she inspired you as much as she inspires me all of the time. So thanks for listening. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon.